<sighs> Welcome back, everyone, to, I don't know, Two Bits One Pork or something. I'm your host, a miserable man, a sad man, a man who thinks hockey is dumb, Dan Masters, with uh, another man. This man thinks hockey's finished ages ago, when he's not even aware that it's only just finished. Will, Will, how are you, how are you doing there? Yeah? Great. Did you just call yourself what? the invisible man? A miserable man. Oh, a miserable man. <laughs> the invisible man. I thought I had some some attempt to hide from your uh, from your sorrow, declaring yourself the invisible man. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what? Before we get onto the question, it is funny that I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, before Game Seven started, is that I don't think a single person I saw in my entire day yesterday had any idea what was happening in the hockey world, or even cared. Meanwhile, I'm walking around thinking. I don't know, with knots in my stomach thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And just, no one has any idea. We just live in such a bubble, don't we? It's ridiculous. It's like the the most exciting thing that's happened in, in your entire year and nobody knows or, or even cares. Even if you stop yeah. someone to say, oh, by the way, this is it's Game 7 standing up finals night. No, all right. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> don't even know what I was talking about. Idiots. <sighs> Idiots. Can I, uh, anyway. can I just say before we start? Yes. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> etc. Et Let's get into the question of the week, which was you sent me. We we talked about the Jeff Skinner contract over WhatsApp, and we'll get into Skinner mm. properly later. But I wanted to get into a, a little question that we that you mentioned to me. Something you said that you wouldn't like to give anyone an eight year deal. So here's my question: Why? You don't know what's going to happen, do you? Are you going to tell me? I know. I know. There's questions about whether Jeff Skinner's worth nine million a season, you know, whether sixty points a year is is worth that much, and all base scores, goals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's Jeff Skinner going to be doing in four years? Still going to be scoring forty goals? Still going to be scoring sixty points? Is he? Maybe potentially. What's he going to be doing in six years? What's he going to be doing in seven years? I don't think there are many players out there that you can comfortably say for the next eight years is going to be worth every penny that you give them every year. Which leads me then to a follow-on question. What would you do then if you have a player who wants an eight-year deal and he's around a decent age, if I'm not talking like the Brent Burns contrast or something, but say someone's 26, 27, or even maybe 25, and they say, well, we want an eight-year deal or we're going to walk away, regardless of the money. Do you just let them walk then? No, I trade them, obviously. Can't just let them walk. <laughs> <laughs> who, who am I? Golf Snow? Come on. Yeah, well, if, well, all right, say, say they're out of contract then. What if they're out of contract? Well, I don't I get a, a broach of it before what? Out of contract in the UFA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I discuss it a year beforehand. I'm not, not an idiot. I'm not I'm not going to wake up on like June 29th. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, oh, mate, no. I'll tell you Panarin's the UFA in two days. What have I been doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, but hang on. Hang on. This, is a, this is a perfect point. This is a perfect point. Panarin said, I'm not discussing anything until... It's a Panarin-type situation, and he says, I'm not discussing anything until the season's finished. I don't care if I've got a year to go on my contract. I'm not talking about anything until the season's finished. Yeah, but he was discussing things last summer. That was, like, what, from September 14th onwards. So, yeah, so last summer, I'll be like, right, Artemi, Arty, Bregman, you're getting, you're getting five from me. You're getting 11 for five years. What do you want? Do you, do you fancy it? Are you up for it? Are you down? And if he says no, I'll be like, all right, see you later then. Ship him off to uh See you later. Ship him off to Ottawa for uh for Colin White and a third round pick and feel I've like done a good day's work. 
<laughs> you got to make sure before you do that trader that Colin White's willing to sign his five-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'll solely trade for RFAs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before you sign anyone you like, now can I just can I just gauge how you feel about five-year deals? Can I just can we talk about this first before I decide if I want to take you on or not? That's only a very good player. I'm I'm not I'm not giving bloody I don't know who's a who's a I'm not giving Jamel Smith shout out Jamel Smith a five year deal no offence. So you're only going to give the actual elite elite five years. Is that your limit? Is your limit five years? Yeah, I reckon so. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Because because what you you could probably reasonably bar an injury you can reasonably project that yeah X play is going to be good for the next few years. And you know, worst case scenario, you have a couple of two, three years, let's say, of of a drain contract. Take um, maybe it's a bit of an unfair example, but Nikita Zaitsev, he's got what five, six years left on that deal. That's a fair. And point. The, it it wasn't a good deal at the time, but this is it. Like GMs need to be saved from themselves. Lou gave out that seven year deal, thinking, right, if he carries on playing good hockey, that's going to potentially be you know a bargain deal. It backfired. If you'd have just given Zaitsev even four million for five years, you'd be looking at two, three, four years left on the deal, whatever it is, and you're laughing. It's it's sort of risk limitation. Do you know what it is? If the team, yeah, if your team was good enough, nobody would care, would they? Mm-hmm. If you're the Blackhawks, if you're the Blackhawks, circa 2010. Actually, you know, let's say, let's say after the Blackhawks win their second cup, so they've still got you know the majority of good players there. You could probably start doing that because players would just want to go there and win a cup anyway. They wouldn't mind so much, I suppose. No, it seems good enough. Yeah, yeah. If you start start changing the the habits around it, say take um take to an extent, Nylander and Matthews. Matthews decide for five years. Nylander decide for six. I think you're going to get plenty more contracts that follow that sort of pattern. And if we start doing it, especially UFAs off the free agent market, you're an absolute idiot if you give someone a seven year deal you're you're a moron I, I don't care who it is I don't care who it is you shouldn't give anyone a seven year deal off the UFA market because you know obviously you know, your John Tavares is your your Artemi Panarin is going to be a more safe bet than say giving I don't know Brooks, Brooks Orpik a seven year deal or whatever Yeah. but th- for the majority of the time you don't want to you don't want to be given a, any player that length of time because you just don't know what's going to happen but then it's to the side of it. It's to the side of it that, like the business side, the business side of deals where you just don't want to say to fans, well, we're not signing him. We can't sign that guy. We're not signing this guy. He doesn't fit into our little structure. Sometimes you've got to break a little structure. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's an ideal situation sort of thing. I don't, I don't think it necessarily work. You would have to have a team like, say, Tampa at the moment yeah. turn around and say, right, yeah, five-year deals. That's that. And again, stick with stick with younger players. Stick with controlled players, RFAs and stuff. Because if you if you draft well enough, if the rest of your organisation is set up properly, you should be able to get away with trading players before they hit unrestricted free agency, or giving them contracts that take them up to maybe twenty eight, twenty nine. Then you're absolutely laughing, aren't you? Is this what you do in NHL nineteen? You just. Uh... Five-year match. No, we've we've already, we've already covered this. I start a franchise, I make a bunch of trades, I play the preseason, and then I start another franchise. <laughs> I'm still on the first one I started when I got the game. I'm, not I, even, I, I, I'm too far in now to. Feel, I feel like I know these players too well. <laughs> I think I had one. I had one good run with the Blackhawks on NHL 18, 
I just haven't had ha- haven't had the the mojo with it since. I haven't had a half decent run with the stars on nineteen, but know it like only three seasons long. I just haven't got the staying power, Dan. That's the problem. Yeah, you kids these days. I drafted a I drafted a franchise player in something like twenty twenty four, and I can't just stop the game now. I need to see how he turns out. <laughs> that that's the thing. That's the thing. Like you need reasons to keep going. Like on that yeah, Blackhawks one, I had loads of like low elites coming up and doing well, and it got to a point where the team was my team. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll get the mojo for it at some point. <sighs> should we start the show? Yes, we should. time of the week and for the final time this season it's the smooth recap i feel as a sports fan i'm allowed one wild rant about my team losing which i will do later with that in mind though as a man who appreciates snaking it until you make it i want to applaud david Krejci on his one real point in seven games in the stanley cup finals with the blues win last night toronto and their maple leafs now hold the longest stanley cup drought in the league as it should be after John Hamm shaves his beard and the St. Louis Dispatch prints out their cup-winning advertisement spot and it means nothing, we can all finally agree, playoff jinxes are just stupid. Do you think Ryan O'Reilly has found his love for the game again? Rumours of the NHL Twitter feed gifts being run by the ex-CIA operatives who are in charge of protecting Jimmy Hoffa are confirmed, as they missed the Noel Achari trip that leads to the Blues winning goal in Game 5. A couple of firsts from last night. This is the first time a Game 7 has decided the Cup Final since 2011, and the Bruins have become the first team to lose multiple finals in the CAF era. Taking a break from hockey, giant lizard news now, and I went to see Godzilla King of the Monsters. It was awesome. Tukarask was robbed by both Ryan O'Reilly and his own teammates. Poor Tuka. I may complain about time zones and such and staying up till 4am to watch my team lose game 7 in the cup finals and that is bloody annoying but to me it's not quite as bad as the Bruins fan who paid $18,000 for a pair of tickets on stop up finally in predictions news Jordan Binnington is about to become the next Jake Allen and that was the final smooth recap no way somebody paid 18 grand on stop up yeah, pair of tickets, two tickets, eighteen. It was eighteen. It was more than that. It was like eighteen and a half thousand or something like That's, that. Two tickets. You know where they could have gone for? Um, for yeah, oh, I can't even do a it. television. Oh, <laughs> I was I was going to make a, a SeatGeek joke, but we're not actually. Paying for that, <laughs> so, uh, oh, that yeah, that would have been good actually. <laughs> it, it would have been good if only I hadn't flopped and laughed at my own joke before I even told it. But sometimes they're too good not to do that. 18 grand That's, now, why? That's insane. Grand. That's I'd, insane. I mean, as, as we've discovered, uh, I don't love hockey enough to do anything for it at no. all. I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm not going to quit my job. And I'm sure I'm not going to pay 18 and a half grand to go watch a game. Game seven of the final or not. Yeah, I don't care if the booms are playing in my back garden. If somebody said to me, you can watch them in your back garden, they'll play game seven there, but it's going to cost you a grand. I'd be like, no, you're right, mate. It's fine. I'm, I'm not that bad. Mate, I'd, 
I'd, I'd on principle not pay a grand to watch <laughs> watch yeah. the stars play in my own back garden. I know, eighteen grand. 18. I mean, I'm like, fair enough. If they've got, do you know what? We're look, we're coming, at, we're coming at it from a couple of bums who make <laughs> not that much money. But if it's a millionaire, yourself, or something, <laughs> yeah, if it was a millionaire, I guess you probably do, wouldn't you? You don't give a shit. Oh, still, like, if if you're a millionaire, like, what are you doing? Like buying last buying last minute tickets off StubHub. <laughs> That's a good point. You probably got a box or something, haven't you? It's a good point. I mean, you, you'd have thought I'd, I'd buy a last minute box off StubHub. And full stop. Like, what is that person doing buying tickets off StubHub? God knows. God knows. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. I'm hoping somebody. I'm hoping somebody on on the Athletic or something, which is something they would do, goes and finds that fan and talks to them about it. Why they did it. Just as what 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 are you doing? What's wrong with you? And you know what? Fair play to the person who sold them. Because I hope they bought them for something like $200 or something. I don't know. Fucking last June. <laughs> well, they've, they've got to be decent um, decent seats in it. It's not going to be yeah, 18 they were, well, yeah, it was on the Yeah, they were on the glass. So would you, I reckon they must have been at least 500 bucks each. Yeah, probably. Either way, they're, they're making a tidy profit, aren't they? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. Unless it was a double sale. Some guy paid like, I don't know, 500 quid each and he sold them for 1500 and he's like, oh, I made a grand off that. But then the next guy sold them for 17 grand. I don't, I don't know. If you've already dropped 500 quid on tickets, I don't know if you... Or sell 500 quid on a seat, I don't know if you'd sell them on for 1500 It'd have to be quite a... Because like that experience is worth more than the grand, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. 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 What do you mean, Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, if now knowing that you've lost, it's not worth a grand, but to go to a game yeah. seven of the cup Maybe final with your that. team in it, you'd yeah. probably, like, you know, do more than a grand's worth of work for it, say. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. All right, who's winning the cup? Uh, much to Don't. your chagrin, Dan, uh, Layla is winning the cup and has won the cup. Ah, not to my chagrin. Fucking hell. Put, I told put, you, put I said to you, here, ladies I, I and said, gentlemen. I, no, I said to the other <laughs> week, didn't I? Fucking, even today, as gutted as I am, I am honestly absolutely gutted. But I just think, oh, fuck it. I mean, it's the Blues, you know? They've never won it. They fucking, it's this comfort behind. You know, we're like in England. We love an underdog. I mean, you were, I was fucking cheering for them up until like a month ago. And we said last week, you can't now suddenly just turn that into hatred of a team. So, nah. All, all jokes aside and everything, it's it's great. It's a great story. What can you do? And I've said, I've said before, I've seen my team in three cup finals now. There's, there's people who watch hockey who've not even seen their team playing one. I, you, know, I, I, you know, how can I complain, really? And I will, but later on, but... <laughs> in in moments right of level-headedness. Yeah. Right now I'm saying, how can I? But I, I will in a bit. <laughs> oh, wasn't it great to see her on the, uh, on the ice? It was awesome. It was awesome. Who, who handed her the cup? Was it Cotton Preco? Do you know what? I can't remember now. I can't remember. Some yeah, sort of large-bodied blue. My winning the cup is kind of a, a little... A, this led me onto a little bit of a deep dive into another area. After we talked last week about the Eagles winning the cup, the Charlotte Checkers have won the Calder Cup for the first time in history. It gets cut off and chipped to the line. Hag holds it in. They pop it back out. And Charlotte to the empty net. Nastasiak makes it 5-3. to three. The final five seconds tick away. 
The Queen City will wear the AHL crown. The Charlotte Checkers are the 2019 Calder Cup champions. They beat the Chicago Wolves 4-1. And this was interesting to me for a couple of reasons. The funniest reason was a few players and the coach, Mike Vellucci, said they were just glad it was over. They weren't. They, they thought. They said the thought of more hockey was just horrible, which I absolutely love. I love the idea that celebrations are not. Yes, we won. The celebrations are. Oh, fuck for that. I'm done. <laughs> I love that so much. While they're skating the cup around, they're just like, oh great, I can have a fucking burger tomorrow in a Mars bar. That's <laughs> so good. No, they get. They get back to the um the dressing room. Just put the cut down in the middle. Drop the gloves. Take the skates off and just walk home. I'm yeah. done. I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't, don't have to tie these things up for another four months. Yeah, um, the goal. Go the goalie said. The goalie said the thought of going back and training again was horrible. None of us wanted to do it. <laughs> they like they they won the cup out of anger and just misery, not joyous celebrations, which is brilliant. Like some some really empowering speech before the last game. Like this ends tonight, boys. Yeah, bloody better do because I'm not playing another fucking game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the Chicago Wolves dressing room. It was okay. This is it, boys. We're down three to one. We've got to get this game. We've got to keep our season going. Let's do this. Come on. Meanwhile, cut to the Charlotte Checkers dressing room. I mean, for fuck's sake, lads, can we just not fucking go home after this, please? I'm f- I'm done. I'm just done, please. Like they're all just crying. Oh, I'm so tired. My body killing me. <laughs> and they if, win, if, and they're just like, yay. If we Next don't step. win tonight, boys, I'm buying myself out. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Not having it. But it led me on to. Because obviously the Charlotte Checkers are the affiliate of the Hurricanes. Mm. And the talk was, during the postseason, this is a really young Hurricanes team. they got plenty of cap room. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at the, the Checkers roster and the Hurricanes roster. This is a crazy stat. Combining both rosters on the team that got to the conference finals in the NHL and the other team that won the Calder Cup in the AHL, there are only four players over the age of 30. That's crazy. Jordan Stahl, Scott Darling, and then two UFAs, Justin Williams and Curtis McElhenney. That's it. On the Everyone everyone else. single player over 30 on the... Um, no. <laughs> on the checkers. The AHL no. team. That's mad. Isn't that insane? They've got a ton of cap space. They've got a ton of good young players. Now they've got a ton of players waiting in the wings in the, in the AHL should they need to plug into their third or fourth line. You look at that. Look at the decor for the, for the Hurricanes. They don't need to do anything with it, with it really. I mean, they're, they're perfectly done. They're six starting D-men. None of them are over 28. And in the next two drafts, they've got 20 picks. They've got And they've got something like $30 million in cap space. That's absolutely loopy. And then they've still know, got another couple of good young D-men coming through, Jake Bean yes, and Hayden Flory. Exactly. It's just mad. And if, if they play this right, the hor- I mean, Christ almighty, who knows? Who knows? Was this a one-season wonder or something? I, I, I don't know. You know, was it Brindamore just saying the right thing at the right time? Who knows? Whatever. Whatever goes into coaching, I don't know if I can know. But if they manage this properly, this team is set up for years. Not just next year or the year after that. In theory. If they if they play all their cards right sort of thing, it should be um should be set. But then the hurricanes have been set for a while, haven't they? Well yeah. Are we now gonna are we, is this now their what was it like three three the three years they've been to the playoffs since two thousand and two or something? They'd sort of won the cup or got to the conference finals at least, and now they've done it this year. So is that it now for the next like eight years again with them? I mean, probably not. Probably this 
this Hurricanes team at the moment does feel a bit like where the Sabres should have gotten to. Yeah, that's a good point. That's like a good, good point. young players, and and finally, yeah, yeah, Eastern Conference final is is incredible, and yeah, you wouldn't expect that, but just to make the playoffs and and actually have your your young players do something and you know make good on the sort of promise that they showed, I think it'll be interesting next year for for the Hurricanes. Really will be interesting to see what they do with filling the gaps. You know, what do they do with Justin Williams? He was a big part of the season this year. What yeah. do they do with the goaltending? Do you sort of you know, pray that lightning in the bottle is gonna gonna be caught twice, sort of thing. It's a hard decision on that goaltending front because I don't think you can bet on the fact that McElhaney and Mrazek are gonna put in the showing again. But then, what else do you do, sort of thing? Well, the goalie coach has just gone to Buffalo, hasn't he? Which is yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. Yeah, some people are saying that's a very smart steal by Buffalo because well, again, it is a smart steal because clearly, yeah, definitely, he was doing something right with Mrazek and McElhaney playing like they did. You know, two goalies you would never have thought in a million years would have had the season they had. But like, like you say, you know, they're going to have to plug in some and some gaps somewhere. But they will quite easily. I mean, they could easily they make some... moves. They could easily make moves to get players off the roster, bring up a couple of guys from the AHL, and now you, you know, instead of having, you know, now you've got sort of thirty-five, thirty-six million dollars to play with in free agency, which is, you know, which is terrifying if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the evolution of some young players like, you know, Andrei Svechnikov, Warren Fogel, players like yeah. that. Martin Netskas coming up. It's uh yeah, scary time to be anyone but the Hurricanes, really, isn't it? Yep. Alrighty. Who's getting relegated? Uh Jake Allen is getting relegated. <laughs> Ima- imagine imagine being Jake Allen sitting on that bench and thinking Maybe maybe it was me. <laughs> maybe it wasn't all my fault. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Is he in... What's his contract like? I think he's got another two years left. Two years left? Two years. Oh, 4.3. I don't think he's that much. And and that's why Jordan Binnington's going to turn into Jake Allen. What do you reckon? Oh, mate, without a doubt, Jordan Binnington's going to get a similar contract to Jake Allen. You know, three, four years at four and a bit mil. And yeah, he's just going to shit the bed. You think he's only only getting that much? Okay, interesting. No, mate. If anyone, if anyone pays Jordan Binnington more than four million dollars, even if he gets paid four million dollars, that's going to be the most ludicrous thing that has did ever we happened. Not, did we not just open the show talking about the stupidity of GMs and contracts? <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about, like, <laughs> mate. What would you think Binnington's going to get? What six mil? I don't know. I'm just. I'm thinking about what is, I'm thinking about Matt Murray because he's had a Murray tight. It's like a Murray type situation, isn't it? They could have called him in. He's performed miracles, and then I fucking can't remember what Matt Murray's making. I think he's making a a decent wedge. Wedge, the difference, I think he is. The difference between Murray and Binnington, though, is like Murray was actually a bit touted before he uh, before he came to the AHL. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. Matt Murray's only making three point seven five. So yeah, maybe you're right for one more yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I reckon I reckon they'll do like four years at four mil because how like the the Scott Scott Darling contract I think is the uh, is what you should look at. And yeah, that's a good point. Not, that's a good point. Not saying that's a good comparable, but saying that's a likely comparable because it's a similar sort of thing. Not very young AHL goalie comes in, does a great job, gets paid, and then crashes down to earth as an AHL jobber, which he yeah. Power to Scott Darling for getting paid, and power to Jordan Binnington for if he gets paid. Yeah, it's not going to end well. 
not going to run well for anyone but Jordan Bennington. <laughs> I love that hot take. That's a fiery take. I'm, I'm that, impressed how, that you're coming out of the game I, with it quickly. I don't understand how it's a fiery take. Like the geezers had one good season, and we all acknowledge that goal goaltending is like voodoo. No one understands it. No one can. Yeah, what you're saying is going to become. You're, you're saying he's going to go from Con Smythe contender to AHL jobber. <laughs> Like a guy who's literally bumming around, looking like begging for a team. No, no, but well, I mean, no, he won't be begging for a team because well, you know, yeah, because he'll have four million and three years left on it, and nobody will want them. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, good point, good point. But you get what I'm saying. He's gonna, you're saying he's gonna go from like that high to that low. I mean, I, to say he might drop off a bit, fine. But I, like, I, don't, I don't think he's gonna be in the NHL in two years. Jesus, <laughs> did we put this up there with your Shipichov takes? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because my shit, if if it hadn't been some weird, I don't know what was going on with Spatchov, but yeah, same difference. It's like um, it's like what if what if I were given Andrew Hammond four million a year all those years ago? Yeah, good point. Good point. Because it's it's the same deal. I don't I don't think it's that outlandish to say that Jordan Binnington's going to turn back into Jordan Binnington next season. Yeah, do you know what? I can't I can't disagree with you. I fucking hate myself for saying that. No, you but, can't. Yeah. It's a, don't, don't. I can be sad, I can Dan. see him being. I can see him now being. We've said a million times, goalies are just, it's a fucking weird position, isn't it? He could be perfectly fine for the rest of his career and be perfectly serviceable at 9-10, 9-14. Or yeah, he could turn into fucking Keith Kincaid. <laughs> Especially now that now that they've won the cup as well, like, it's over. Yeah, he can chill Jeez. out now. He is getting paid. There is no question about it. That's my one contract and I'm done. That's it. I can see chill. you later. I'm going to relegate the entire NHL refereeing core as far down to hell as I can. I know you said before, I know you said before, Will, that you don't think it's been as bad as everyone makes out, or you you know you think it's just maybe being amplified a bit more because of certain situations or not. But it is. It's absolutely as bad. And I'm not just talking oh, yes. about the Achari trip, which was insane to not call that. But somebody on Twitter put together a GIF of highlights from. The, from the cup finals and honestly I know there's letting the boys play but fucking hell fucking hell there are so many penalties and I'm just talking I'm not just I'm not just talking infractions I'm talking that's a legitimate penalty what is going on what is going on and it's not just this series it seemed like every single series every single week we were just saying how did they miss that how did they not call that what are they doing that's it. It's all referees. Sorry, you've all got to go, you've all got to get taken out back and shot like old Yeller, and we just need to get some new ones in and fucking try something else because it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think um, my my point with the officiating was it's always been bad. It's just weird things have happened this year. If if all this stuff had happened last year, it would have been officiated just as bad, and the year before it would have been just as bad. It's just this year has been an absolute. You know, perfect storm of crazy and awful things to happen that's really exposed the ineptitude of NHL referees. I don't know what we do, to be honest, Dan. I honestly don't know what we do. I know. I don't know. How, I don't know how you fix it. Because um, there's been a lot of, understandably, a lot of talk about it. The thing that's really stood out to me is people discussing, like you know, calling the rule book properly. You got people like Jeff Marrick, Sean McIndoe talking about it. And pointing out that the NHL rulebook is actually pretty moronic in itself. Yeah, we've we've got an issue where if we call the rulebook as is, it's it's not going to be productive for anyone. Which no. 
yeah is further further evidence of the problem like if we're not wanting the, the referees to call the rule book as it is then we need to change the rule book in its entirety did you see that rule that was floating about about how um goldies aren't allowed to freeze the park yeah yes like it's, it's a two-minute minor if you freeze the park without pressure which is just crazy because it's such a not an integral part of the game but it's a staple of the game it's just it's not saying you're not allowed to play a cross crease pass and that's just a, a great example of how fundamentally we really need to have a massive review of not only officiating in the game but the rules of hockey itself and how we want the NHL to be officiated and regulated. Bettman said in the this week that he, there's definitely going to be something to do with video replays coming in more. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, maybe you get one, like maybe every coach gets one bona fide. I am challenging this call, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what happens. They're just looking at things that lead to goals. But then that's, said so before, that's what takes hockey away from being hockey. You like it because it's fast-paced and exciting. If you're video replaying every ten, you know, every 25, 30 seconds, because here's what happens. Matt Duchesne thing happens. Everyone goes crazy. We need to change offsides. Fine, okay. So we change offsides and they get it wrong. And it's just really bad now. And it's gone too far. There's going to be a game where 17 things happen inside the first 10 minutes and they all have to be reviewed. And people are just going to say, well, now what are we doing? Now what are we doing? This is ridiculous. Do you, would you, do you get rid of... Um, I know other places have discussed this, but I don't think we've, we've chatted about this yet, but do you get rid of reviews altogether? What do you do? Just get rid of everything. Get rid referees. of all of this. Yeah. Referees, the park coaches, whoever. No, what you want to do is you want eyes in the sky, Dan. Don't, I don't, don't faff around with this review nonsense, and especially don't give the coaches the chance to review whatever they want, because that's, that's how it's going to descend into a circus. That'd be absolutely ridiculous if we say... Here you go, coaches. You can have one, two, three, however many it is, a game where you can review whatever you want. Like, that's just more like, yeah, you're going to get five minutes into the first period. I want to review whether Gabe Landerskog has his bloody fight strap done up. Fucking get out of here with that shit. What, um, you want, you want the people who are already watching the games at a thousand angles, like, it's already happening. Think of this part of the player safety. You just want those to be able to get in the referee's earpiece and say, that was a hand pass. That should have been X, Y, and Z. That should have been whatever the situation. Take it out of the referee's hands and don't let it anywhere near the coach's hands to have this video review. Because like you say, if we if we want video review, we want things to be right. And if we want things to be right, we shouldn't let it be up to the coaches or the refs. It should be as independent a party as you can get. Is there is there a retirement age for refs? Oh, there must be. A retirement age for refs in the NHL? Well, I mean, I think in, in the same way that be. there's not a retirement age for players, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you just can't do, yeah, I guess you just can't. It just well, can't, yeah, that's yeah, what no, you do no one's saying you have to retire at 40 or whatever if you're an NHL player. Yeah, I suppose, like, you just you just get you just get ex-referees who've decided to call it that season, like, okay, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore, you know, I've had enough. And you just say to them, right, you're, you're now... You're now based in Toronto. I've said this before. You're now based in Ottawa or something. Every time there's an Ottawa home game, you're going to go, you're going to sit in a room, you get the TV feed, you've got a direct line to the refs on the ice, and you can just say, that was a hand pass. That was this, that was that. We see it all already. The fans in the fucking arena see it on the big screen. So just That's show it to thing. somebody and just let and them tell, you know, just let them help. It's going to be even worse like if you have the ability to video review, especially if you give people the ability to review everything. And then say coach uses the one that they have and they get it wrong. And then later in the game, there's something that you can see the replay and it's a foul. 
but the ref didn't call it and the coach isn't able to challenge it, it's going to be pandemonium. But I think you're right. We should, we should still it's... have ref, refs and linesmen on the ice, if if nothing else, but like, you know, we need people to drop the puck. Still let them do what they're doing. I don't know how well you could execute it, but like having essentially a whistle over the PA to stop to stop play if a ref has missed something. And if the officials get pissy about like, oh, you're stopping the game, you know, without my permission, you're taking over the game, like, fucking suck it up, mate. Like, it'll only stop if you miss a call. And if you're missing calls, you're not doing your job right, so you shouldn't be out there. Yeah, this year was really bad. Really, really bad. Really bad. Who, uh, who are you really getting down? Oh, yeah, the, the ref. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm going to relegate. Oh, never mind. That was it. How many, uh, how many starters you got? Uh, I've got one of each. One starter and one, one of each. each. Oh, shit, I'd better start then, because I've got three and two. Oh crikey! I'll, I'll do my I'll do my first two starters quickly then. My first start is Braden Holtby at the Pride Rally, who oh, yeah, spotted beautiful. a Caps yeah spotted a Caps fan went over to them and probably made their day even probably made their day a hundred times even better than it already was. We need more of this. But and then but the Holtbys are known for being big supporters of Pride, so they're all yeah. good. They're all good, and this is great. It'd be good if we had more players out there, but good on Braden Holtby. Like he doesn't have to be out of Pride. Not at all. Big yeah. up to him for for doing it. To to interact with fans there as well is is the the icing on the cake. You know, to just be to just be there and be you know, on a float, untouchable by by the unwashed, if you will. Like, <laughs> no, not the LGBTQ plus community, but well, not ge- I mean. the general population. Yeah, just just povos, really. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Get your straight. People are pretty fucking gross, aren't they? So, oh, dirty. <laughs> And that's why Braden Holby is a, a shining example to us all. Absolutely. He was at the Pride Rally and I bet he washes his hands all the time. Oh, mate, without a doubt. Look at look at him. That's a very well-kept man. That's a very well-kept... Uh, yeah, to be fair to Braden Holby, one of the best hair-beard combos in the league. It's, it's absolutely without, fabulous. Yeah, without a doubt. My second starter is the TV show Killing Eve. Everyone watch it. It's fucking ace. That's it. Is that the one with um, Sandro in it? Sandro and Jodie Comer. It's brilliant. It's in my top ten shows ever. It's brilliant. No, absolutely. It's phenomenally good. Hmm. It's about like a, a Russian killer, killer woman. Yeah, it's about a Russian secret agent. Uh, not a secret. A Russian assassin, and then the MI six um, operative who's like trying to track her and catch her. Oh, that sounds pretty good. What's your start? Pam Beasley. <laughs> That was amazing. That was amazing. I was a bit, can I say miffed? Was I a bit support my team? I was like Steve Carell put the pit, put the picture on, didn't he? With him, with him in a Bruins hat, and I was gonna, I was gonna do that, that really fucking annoying fan thing and tweet him saying, oh, "Where were you in Game Seventeen, mate?" <laughs> no, I can't not do that. <laughs> that was no, so stupid. Not really on. Not really on. No. But, um, no, it's good to good to see. Nice to have old uh, old Jenna Fisher out in the old uh, Blues jersey. I might, I might squeeze in a last-minute start for Aussie as well. Are we allowed to start Aussie? Aussie? Oh, Aussie Osborne. <laughs> yeah, Aussie... Uh, Aussie the dog? I was thinking that for a while. Yeah, but he had, he had, yeah, that guy, that picture's from, like, what, 1985 or something like that? Yeah, that one's been floating around for, for donkey's years when he was... Yeah, like, yeah. It's his mugshot, isn't it? He's just wearing stuff. Like, that's the weirdest shirt I've ever seen as well. And like, what? Yeah, it's like an official... It's like an official jersey, but it's a T-shirt. Somehow. And it looks like a a proper like market stall and it's like a button up kind of thing like almost like a polo shirt but with a granddad collar on it it's it's very odd super super odd and Aussie's blonde in it 
if, if someone hadn't told me this, Ozzy Osbourne was seen as some drunk guy from Tennessee, right? No, that would have been that would have been during his "I'm going to piss on the Alamo" stage of his life, <laughs> which he got arrested for. <laughs> there is something to that, you know, that kind of, you know, like when you're growing up, don't break the rules, don't do this, don't do that. But then you hear about these famous people doing things, and you think, "Oh, that's pretty fucking funny." <laughs> like he, he urinated all over the Alamo. That's quite, like, it's quite funny. So what? I, I mean, I don't know. Well, where's the Alamo? Isn't that some mad racist monument to slaughtering Native Americans? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was like a, it was like part of a, a stand between Americans and Native Americans, and there was a battle. And I'll be honest, I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to get myself into too much hot water here. So I'm going to kind of skip past this bit. But yes, he pissed on that. I'm I'm going to throw it out there. It's probably something that was worthy pissing on, to be honest. Yeah, and to cover us legally, I'm going to say it wasn't, just in case. There we <laughs> Even go. Even though I have no idea. Now, now that's a debate, Dan. <laughs> All part of the debate, we're absolutely fine. My last starter is life. Because... <laughs> dude, they, they say life begins at 40, but no, life begins in the middle of June. After Game 7 <laughs> of a Cup Finals. Mate, I'm so ready for a break from hockey. I can't tell you. Fucking hell. I've been so tired, like, the past month. It's fucking ridiculous. What, uh, what are you going to do with all this free time? Are you going to play more games? Are you going to watch more telly? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm almost at that kind of what do I do now that hockey's finished. We're still going to do the show like every but every couple of weeks, but I, you know there's not going to be too, that much going on. Like you know, no. there's going to be some free agency stuff. But I, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I will, I will probably start um, back on my uh, Spanish lessons again and carry on with that as I kind of took a break for a bit. So yeah, life got on it, folks. I'll start on my scratch. This is very debatable and very topical. Where do you stand on the US women's national team beating Thailand 13-0 and celebrating like crazy? I don't, like I haven't seen the celebrations, but my understanding is a lot of the goals were scored by like people scoring their first World Cup goal. Yeah, some of them were, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Especially all these people getting all high and mighty, like, oh you can't celebrate. Like it's the it's a fucking World Cup. I don't care if it's against Thailand, I don't care if it's against the bloody the King's Head FC. Like, I don't care if it's against the bloody Harlem Globetrotters playing football. Celebrate. Whatever, you're professionals, you're in the World Cup, you're in the highest stage. Like, what? Say say the Olympics one year, you win gold, second place comes however far behind you in whatever race you're doing. Like, what you want See, people Usain to celebrate. Bolt. Yeah. Yeah, say Usain Bolt, he's probably 25 metres ahead of the next keys, and when he finishes, you want Usain Bolt to not celebrate. I, I get that it's you know what opening game of the tournament and Thailand on minnows and all that, but nah, whatever, whatever. It's bloody war out there. Let people celebrate. I absolutely agree. I, yeah, so my scratch is people who sh- who said they should have acted like they'd been there before. I'm thinking, no, I'm sorry. This is sports. This is sports, and in sports, the rules of life are different. And I don't care if it's thirty nil. I don't care if it's thirty three nil. If I score a World Cup goal, I'm going to fucking celebrate my arse off and I'm going to enjoy every second of it. As one of the players said, or maybe it was a former player, these women have sacrificed seeing their friends. They've sacrificed going to parties where all their mates are going out at the weekend, meeting boys, getting hammered, doing whatever, just living life. They're like, well, I can't. I've got to be in bed by eight because I've got a six-hour drive to fucking this tournament tomorrow that I've got to play in kind of thing, you know, like a like a youth level it's it's not just they don't do anything all year now they're at the World Cup. 
No. And it's every four years. Like, like these women have dreamed about playing at this stage for their entire lives, some of them. And now they've made it. And they've scored a goal there. For those of you who don't, who don't follow football, it's way harder to score goals, goals in football than you think it is. It's ridiculously hard. It's not... That's why goal scorers cost a fortune, because it's bloody difficult. It's ridiculous to say, don't celebrate a World Cup goal. I find it insane that people are insane that. Don't you dare celebrate your life's ambition when you achieve it. Don't yeah. you dare. I think... How dare you? All of the hockey players, and I hate to... I hate to tarnish a, a nation with the same dry brush, but all the Canadians... Here we go, Canada. Coming out. Coming out. <laughs> I, I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. All the Canadian hockey players coming out like, oh, have some humility, this, that, and the other. Like, this is why hockey is the worst sport in the entire world. Because, like, it, this culture is ingrained in you that you cannot enjoy victory. You cannot enjoy success. You cannot show any amount of personality to keep it on celebrations the fact that any player in the nhl who celebrates in a uh, you know in an original way i don't care whether it's premeditated or not is vilified by the entire league and the media is just criminal criminal now yakupov sprinting the entire length of the rink and sliding on his knees ovi yeah. doing the hot stick and all that even koozie with his bird celebration yeah it's What's wrong with you people? What is wrong with everyone? It's bloody sport. You should enjoy it. With this one, the, the one of the players scored five goals, didn't she? Yeah, Alex Morgan, I think it was. Yeah, it scored five goals. Like, what, you're telling someone they're not allowed to celebrate scoring five goals in a World Cup game? Like, get the fuck out of here. And then people say, oh, you know, like, running up the score and all that kind of thing. Give everyone else has to play Thailand. Everyone else has to play Thailand. What if you just play keep away at 4-0 and then everyone else beats them 12-0? Well, they, look, they look stupid because you've got a lesser goal difference. Goal difference matters. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep scoring. And it's way more disrespectful to just stop trying. That's yep. such a slap in the face. That's such a slap in the face. You just play keep away for 65 minutes. Get out of here. You're mad. Mate, there's, yeah. there's nothing nothing worse than being on the on the other end of keep away against better players when you oh, know God, for a fact that they're not trying to be. Yeah, it's soul destroying. Because you know, at least if you're making the mistakes and then you can see in the goals, you you can learn something from them. If you're just running around, chasing the ball and know that you're never going to be able to get it, that's that's killer. There we go. Okay, I'm glad we're good on that. Uh, what's your scratch? Uh, Jim Harper. <laughs> see that? Christ, you can see that coming a mile away. Yeah, you probably should have. Really? Yeah. Sorry, Jim. Jim is dead. Long live Pam. Jim is dead. Long live the Queen. <sighs> Bit of a tricky one for me, but. I'm going to have to go with it. I'm going to scratch my wife. Now, here's the thing. Got listen, I've got to scratch my wife. Now, I'm going to preempt this by saying that my wife is a sports fan. Not she's, not one of those, she's not a wife who doesn't you know, pay attention or care. My wife is a huge football fan, and she watches football more than I do. She will happily watch NFL games all Sunday with me. She'll watch the occasional NHL game if it's on, if I can get on the big TV. That's fine. But she said the single worst comment here's how bad this comment was this comment was so bad was it was an atypical classic how do i say this if you're if you're if you're trying to make a joke about the classic old stereotypical nagging wife you would say that she said this after your team lost because i told her that the bruins lost and she said to me at least they tried <laughs> and i just thought and, she, and then she and the second she said it she went oh 
I didn't mean that. Sorry. Because <laughs> she knows. She knows. It's a stupid thing to say. But I'm sorry, Sarah. I love you to death. You're an amazing woman. But I've got to scratch you this week because that was the you're worst not, thing you could have said to me. The worst you're not, thing. You're not playing, playing tonight, Sarah. We've got to go in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, this week, Sarah is David Backus. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was... Oh, at least they tried. <laughs> she... She said later on, she went, God, that's the kind of thing a normal wife would say. I was like, yeah, no, that's not like you at all. She's like, I don't know where it came from. I was just trying to make you feel better. I was like, ah, it's all right. And I appreciate the sentiment, but ah, oh, that was the worst thing to say. It's, it's just one of those ones, uh, I don't know what to say. I'll say this. Yeah, I'm sure that would, <laughs> that's that's helpful. Like, good good intentions, but just... Good oh, intentions. Man, that's not, do, you know, do, you know, that's do you know what the other worst one is? The other worst... Oh, I hate this comment so much. Is I see it quite a lot when I'm sort of walking around the hospital or something. And I had people say it when my mum was in hospital as well, that they'll be stood over somebody with tubes coming out of every orifice and they'll go, they're a fighter. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> they're going to punch their way out of illness? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to die. No one just lies there when they're 28 or something and been in a plane crash going, ah, fuck it. Oh, saying... Saying they're a fighter when they're in intensive care or something, I hate it. Just drives me up the wall. Because it, <sighs> it implies that other people aren't fighters. And not. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if you... If you're, a, you... you're a fighter, but that guy over there who's had a triple bypass, he just doesn't, doesn't care. He's fine. He'll just die. He he's, not, he's not bothered. He's not got it in him. <laughs> he hasn't got it. He's... You've either got it or you haven't. <laughs> he just doesn't got it. <laughs> Lazy Europeans can't keep up with today's medical <laughs> experience. <laughs> I haven't got enough jam to get get through that heart attack. I met this Swedish guy. Couldn't even have didn't have enough grit to get out of his car crash. What a loser! Go on, mate. <laughs> Should we talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, Will? Probably the what now? Yeah. Now, I want to ask a favour. I am. I've said this a million times. I am a very, very sensible Bruins fan. I am not one of those <laughs> fans, and you know what I'm talking about. I'm but not, if I I'm not if racist, I can just but sorry I'm not racist but well no yeah not even that either just like a, just a blockhead in general again Bruins fans I'm sorry you know but you know what some of you are like and you know it's it's out there I'm sorry <laughs> I love you know I love my team I love but I love the Bruins fans they're crazy and passionate but don't take it too far anyway if I could just be afforded a couple of minutes to just have a crazy overreaction rant. And then I'll go back to being the sensible, normal me. Is 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 that all right? Yeah, that's fine. I've got some Pokemon to play, so I'll uh, I'll just load that up, and you let me know. No problem. No problem. I will. I will. <sighs> this team last night really, really let Tukarask down, who has been phenomenal on this run. Absolutely phenomenal. The top players did not turn up for the last game. I can't rail on. I can't rail on the perfection line too much because they were so good all season. But they did disappear at points in this series. What really fucking pissed me off was asking Bergeron after the game, are you injured? And his answer was just, yeah, of course. Of course. This fucking league with their players playing injured is driving me insane. I understand that's how it is. That doesn't mean that's how it has to be. The first team that seems to understand that it's better to not have your players injured consistently and rest them now and again 
will fucking walk the cup without losing a single game. I am sick of every season having to listen to every fucking Bruins press conference when they lose a series that starts with, well, of course we had like four or five guys injured playing in the series. I don't care. Just have players resting through the season. It was known from the start of the season the top three teams were going to be Tampa, Toronto and Boston in any order. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have home ice advantage or not. I just, I don't want to hear that it's like, oh, it's imperative. It doesn't matter. Just get players healthy. Get players rested. If you're second or third in your league, 10 points clear, 8 points clear, 9 points clear, just give a couple of guys a week off. Just healthy scratch them for a week. Just give some kids a game. It doesn't matter. Because those games don't matter. And then when it's like game 77, 78, get them back in the team. Get them skating again. That's my first thing. I have one more. (sighs) Fucking David Krejci. (laughs) I am not going to deny that David Krejci is a very, very good ice hockey player. He is a very good ice hockey player. And he was good at certain points in this playoff run. He's amassed 100 points in playoff games. You can't be a bad player and do that. I wouldn't mind so much. But he had one, let's call it one real point in seven games. Are you fucking kidding me? For the person who's paid the top wage on this team to have one real point in seven games. The Bruins scored 22 goals in the finals and he had two points and one was garbage. So it doesn't fucking matter. So what is it? He had one primary point. Well, no, like he had, he had two assists in the finals, but one was last night. The, like Grizzlick's goal to make it 4-1. That's a garbage point. That doesn't fucking matter. Who gives a shit? So he had, in theory, he had one point that you could say kind of mattered at a point in the finals. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, but he's the highest paid player on the team. You are meant to play, you're meant to pay players big money so that they show up in big games. Every time there is a humongous on the line game, he doesn't show up. And he hasn't. He he's lived he's lived off that 2011 run. He's just lived off it for his entire career now, and he is he is the one getting my brunt today. He is the one that I am. I would happily just get rid of him. Just get rid of him because I can't take it anymore. I know I've mentioned David Backus before. That contract was a mistake, but I at least appreciate that David Backus said in the middle of the season, "Shit, I can't I can't hang on this team doing what I'm supposed to do." I'm going to go out there and play a different game and try and do something else to help this team. It's all around the place that he's helping the younger kids. He's talking to them. He's encouraging them. He's saying to them, do these things, do this things, don't do this, go here, all that kind of stuff. He is at least trying to, it looks like he's at least trying to justify his wage. Whereas to me, I just don't see it from Krejci. I just don't see it. Oh, Combined, is, that, is that a story to cut you off? Sorry to no, cut off, Dad. But is that not an element of... So Backers looks like he's trying to justify his wage because he's devolved into a knuckle dragon Neanderthal. Is that right? Well, I'm just going to have to smash my way to a to a decent wage to value sort of thing. And David Krejci, David Krejci is not a fighter in any sense of the imagination. David Krejci is just he had seventy three points this year, Dan. Well, <laughs> seventy three points. He was a twenty goal scorer. He had fifty three assists. He had 16 points in 24 playoff games, mate. Yeah, but you know what? 
when it matters, when it actually matters. <laughs> what, what did he do? <laughs> oh, mate. Right, if I... No, sorry, sorry. When it actually... How many points did Patrice Bergeron have in the final? That wasn't part of my rant, was it? You don't know and you don't care. Because he's, he's a good old Canadian boy. <laughs> that matters to me. <laughs> David Krejci had one point less than Bergeron in the playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? I've said before, Bergeron actually does do other things. He actually does do other things. He makes that team tick, clearly. It, that's obvious. I wouldn't mind, but Krejci's the highest paid player on the team. Yeah, but he should still, be delivering more than he did. And he and look, you I never I have never ever ever seen him play badly and then it come out afterwards. Well he actually you know, he had this injury, he had that injury. Maybe he it's just clear. doesn't like to uh, doesn't like to brag about it. Maybe, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Look, if he was making if he was making five million a year, maybe I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't it wouldn't stand out to me as yeah, much. Maybe I wouldn't care only, as much. He's only making seven point two a year. No, I know. But if he's making five million, then he's like the sixth or seventh highest paid player on the team or something. You can't He'd say to be, me that uh, a guy who's the fifth. highest paid player on the team contributing one actual point in the don't. cup finals is value for money. Because that's when he should make his money. Don't that's don't give me when. that highest don't give me that highest paid player on the team nonsense. Because John Moore is your second highest paid defenseman. <laughs> Yeah, but all the defensemen make around the same money. So I'm not too fussed about that. Apart from Krug, obviously, but... It just... It drives me mad. It drives me mad. It's like... I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Wrong. He's clearly a good player. I am not saying that. I am not I am not saying that a team probably wouldn't take him tomorrow. There's loads of teams that probably take him. But it's driving me... drives me insane that when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to the crunch, he just disappears. Mate, I can't believe this. For what you're paying, for what you're paying him and for what you're paying him and backers, you could get two Pasternaks and still have change left. I get that's an insane like that's one of those stupid stats that doesn't actually mean anything. This is the this is my crazy overreaction fan thing today. This is just it. It's nothing else. I'm just I'm directing it all at Krejci because fucking hell. Let's. See what the numbers say. Oh, here we go. Here we go. David Krejci, what you got for me there, boy? The hell is that? So I'm just trying to... Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Rates. Trying to work out his natural stat trick because I'm very stupid. You know, you could just let me have this. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would not let you have that. All right, he's not looking too good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You can't even just. You can't even just after the, the day after a game seven finals loss. You can't even just let me have this, can you? You can't just let me have my little rant and be done with it. No, because you're you're saying very stupid things about David Krejci, and I won't stand for it. I'm not. He's no Sean Corrali, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh, would you, would you, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Isn't that just beautiful? Oh, I do want to double check, make sure I'm actually right. Oh no, I wasn't right. Hold on, maybe I'll be right with this one. I've got you here somewhere. If I, I don't, I'm not recognising any of these stats. I like how you're cycling much. through like as many stats as possible to find the one that you can get me with. <laughs> the one thing. There was one thing. It I'm turns out, Dan, is. actually, that uh, he's leading the team with players with 
a K, an R, an E, a J, a C, and an I in their name at the end. So uh, you know, <laughs> that's a that's a terrible impression of me. But I got nothing for you. But still, Excel. leave it out. Exactly. <laughs> leave exactly. it out. No. David Crotty David Crotty is as good as Patrice Bergeron that's a really b- do you know what <laughs> if you're going to try and troll me at least make it decent that's terrible so I'm annoyed he'd even I'm annoyed I'm annoyed that he'd even try that he's still a good second line centre though God I really want to say no he isn't mate speaking speaking as a fan of a team that had precisely three forwards score more than 50 points this season <laughs> <laughs> Actually, three point two, three forwards who scored more than thirty points this season. Leave, leave David Crotty alone. <laughs> Fine, I'll fu- I'll fucking get Sweeney to call your fucking geek over there in Dallas, and you can trade, you can have him. Fucking no, nah, I think you're all right, mate. You're all right. We uh, we've already had our Boston centre for the season. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a good player. Am I saying that the perfection line isn't to blame as well? Did they disappear? Yes, of course they did. It's very obvious. It's very obvious that somehow our third and fourth line is what got us to the cup final and kept us in there. And Tuka Rask, fucking playing out of his goddamn mind. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm allowed a crazy fan rant now and again. And that's mine yeah. for today. I'll, Let's I'll, move I'll on. give you that. Thank you. Congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. A fabulous win in the Stanley Cup finals. Their first... Taken 52 long years. A massive, massive congratulations to them considering where they were. And I hope, as I said a few weeks ago, I hope all the fucking, and I'm doing the twatty air quote, experts who laughed at Craig Brewer's appointment own up to it like we did and admit how wrong they were. Because I will admit, I was completely, completely wrong. And he has done a miraculous, a miraculous job Nah, I was still right. Craig Brubaker's yeah. going to turn back into Craig Brubaker next season. <laughs> Craig Brubaker's going to turn back into Jordan Binnington. <laughs> yeah. He's basically Jordan Binnington, but behind the bench. Yeah, he's the behind the bench Binnington. We fucking, we laughed about it. But that is unbelievable. Is this is this a better achievement than Vegas last year? Yeah, I think so. I think because yeah, Vegas were so good from, from the get-go. Yeah. It's, it's definitely as good of a story. The team goes from last place in, at the beginning of the calendar year and then wins the bloody cup. Hires hires a, a universally panned coach, brings up an AHL jobber goaltender, and just kills it. The team that won the off season actually did win the postseason. It bodes well for the future. It doesn't though, does it? Because that's the problem now. Is that we're going to get GMs in January when their team is bottom, say, saying. We're in a good position. Look at the Blues that time. We're still oh, doing mate. fine. We might be bottom, but you know, <laughs> look at us. Parity has finally won a cup. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the only hard and fast rule was, you know, if you're out of the playoffs by Thanksgiving, then you're out of the playoffs. But no, no. Now, now oh, if you're out of the playoffs by Thanksgiving, you're probably going to win the cup. <laughs> Um, and now it, the the rule is if you're out of the playoffs by the playoffs, that's the only time you're actually out of the playoffs. Which is kind of as it should be, but um, I guess so. I d- someone, I do wanna... someone made the point that the Blues are like the least scary Stanley Cup winner in recent memory. How do you mean? Do you think the Blues are going to challenge for a cup next year? Would you Would you put money on the Blues to be in the final next year right now? How many chances do I... Are you saying it's like I can only pick two teams and one of them has to be the Blues? Or are you saying that's it, the Blues and no one else? Or 
would I put them in like a top five or six like kind of thing? Are you saying? Or... I don't know, like, would you would you bet on the Blues to make the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> you'd have to. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, but they've just they've just won it. <laughs> why would they not win it? Why could they not win it again? We we've been discussing why they won't win it again all episode, Dan. No, you, you're making proclamations, and, and I didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Would, would you actually would you actually put fifty quid on the on the blues to make the final next year? And would you be happy about it? Well, I wouldn't put fifty quid on anything. <laughs> I don't bet like that. If you gave me if you said to me I'll I'll give you five or six teams, yes, one of them would be the blues. Yeah, but how many teams play in the fi- in the final day? <laughs> no, I'm saying like if you said I could hedge my bets or something. Well you can still bet on more than one team, you know. You're not just limited to one bet per year. <laughs> You can't yeah, you bet on five teams if you want to make the final. Uh, it's one bet Only two of them will. Yeah, only two it's... of them will make the final, but you can do that. You're allowed two scratch cards a day and one bet a year. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Yeah, but you're not you're not confident about it though, are you? There wouldn't, there no, wouldn't because be it's the fucking NHL. <laughs> it's the NHL. Fucking anyone can win it. We've just said this. They were fucking last in January. Anyone can win the cup. Of course I'm not confident. <laughs> Can, when, can Eric Carlson goes to, when Eric Carlson goes to the Lightning in the summer, I'm not going to be confident that they're going to win it. They're adding Eric Carlson to 128-point team. I'm not confident they're going to win it all because it's they're, the NHL. They're adding an injured and ageing Eric Carlson to a team that got swept in the first round. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's the NHL. We don't know anything. No one knows anything. This is my whole point about fucking experts and all that shit. No one knows a fucking thing. Even the players I'll, and the coaches don't know. <laughs> I'm going to defer my prediction for this year to next year and say that the Flyers are going to win the cup. <laughs> yeah, just do. Just keep rolling over. You never fucking know. What with the uh, with the Hydra? <laughs> <laughs> it has to work. It has to happen. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, it's out to see Godzilla. It's uh, it's King Ghidorah, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they come out dressed up as King Ghidorah one day. <laughs> <laughs> they have to for the fact. You know the annual fancy dress, the, the annual Halloween party, the fancy dress yes. party. They've got to come out. They've got to go as King Ghidorah. They could do <laughs> and an then can, Gritty can go as Godzilla. Gritzilla. <laughs> Gritzilla. Oh, fabulous! I like that. That was great. They could do a fantastic double costume and be King Ghidorah, all wearing MF Doom masks. So they're <laughs> both iterations of King Ghidorah. It's beautiful. But yeah, I. I've, Dude, if you say to me which team can you guarantee will not win the cup this year, I'm maybe picking two, <laughs> if that. I'm still not sure. Maybe one. But even then, I don't yeah, know. The Blues and the Senators. Yeah, <laughs> the Blues and the Lightning, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, fucking! How do we get onto that? I don't remember. Could uh, stand up final. I want to shout. Out, I want to give a shout out to Ryan O'Reilly, which might seem like a silly thing to say. Given that you were the you won the con Smythe, but I can't believe it. When we talked about the Blues, we talked about them around December, I want to say, and I had a little look at some stats and things, and I said, I said the only player right now on this team who's doing anything is Ryan O'Reilly, which might came over in a, you know in a huge trade, and he proved it, proved it in the playoffs as well. He's a big game player, Will. You could almost say he's the exact opposite <laughs> of David Krejci. Yeah, the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he deserved a Con Smythe. No, he had 23 points. Points aren't everything, then. 
Apparently not. He had, he, he had a good playoffs, but I don't think like. And, and he scored. And, and he, he scored. He, had a, he scored in four games in a row as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had nine so, points in the final or something. He had a fantastic close. final. Yeah, and fantastic gonna, final. I'm not. I'm not saying he was bad, but I still think I think Tuka should have won it. And I think if you were going to give it to anyone on the Blues, bearing in mind it's it's MVP of the playoffs, it should yeah. have been Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to see. I've not seen the the voter or anything, but I'd be interested to see if how many votes Tuka got or how close he got. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I his stats think... are insane. And it's like I said, like I said to you about his, his stats in elimination games, absolutely ridiculous. Like ninety five like, saves on ninety six shots. Yeah, ninety five That's ridiculous. Yeah, but like we haven't had a, a Con Smythe winner from a losing team since what Shiger in two thousand and three. I don't think. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we'll see one again unless somebody's like absolutely lights out. And even then, I can, I, yeah, even then it's only going to be. I, I could even then I could even see it being in a goalie or a centre maybe for some reason I don't know like a centre scores thirty points or something. Still, I think it'd be a goalie, goalie. Yeah. If last night was one nil in overtime to the Blues, I reckon Rice probably would have won. I agree. I agree completely. When it's four nil and they're going around collecting votes. It's it's hard to it's hard to give it to him, even though he probably should have done. But that's not how people are going to think. He got mugged off by his own deed last night. Like he didn't didn't deserve to to let in any of those goals. No, he didn't. He didn't. I've never seen a I've never seen a goalie concede four goals and none of them be his any of his fault in any way. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Quite impressive. It's, Even more reason for him to be the MVP. I say he does it all. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. He saves goals. He lets them in. Yeah, complete player. Do you know what's going to annoy me about this though? Over the coming weeks is all the. I don't. It's not a hot take, but it's going to come down to people saying, "Well, I I said the Blues would win this series, and here's why they won this series." Because as I said, like, dude, it went to Game Seven. It's a fucking coin flip. The whole playoffs has been a fucking coin flip, as always. I don't want to fucking hear people saying why the Blues won or explaining how they were right and taking victory laps because that just drive me insane. That'll drive me mad. The the only people who have any right to say that are the refs because they're the only ones who actually know. <laughs> yeah, they called it. <laughs> I knew they were going to win the win the Stanley Cup final and here's how I made it happen. I want to talk about, just quickly, the series as a whole. Pat Maroon said something interesting afterwards about... So he said something like speed, the speed game is dead all time hockey is back mate, mate. and I thought no don't do it Pat <laughs> that's been <laughs> oh, oh Paddy Paddy yeah. you want to stop yourself there boy Pat shut up shut up but that's been the theme of the the theme of the postseason it's like oh, yeah we've got to get heavier we've got to get bigger like get out of here like, I don't yeah granted the Blues are a big team granted Tory Krug threw a hit no <laughs> that's I not know. This isn't it. Be be my guest. Be my guest. Like any any NHL team out there that wants to go and pick up play Tom Sestito, get, <laughs> get, get you get your big lumbering forwards. Pick them up. Pick them up by the ton. I want to have eighteen skaters, six foot four and over, all weighing two hundred and fifty pounds. Do it and just watch. You know your Mitch Marners, your Elias Pettersons, just skate rings around them. Morons. Absolute morons. Pat Maroon's taking too many hits to the head. It's a copy. It's a copycat league, though, dude. You fucking oh, that's know. A problem. You, you know 
during this off-season, there's going to be board meetings and all kinds of shit, and someone's going to say, you know, we, really, we need a Pat Maroon type. Which players were born near here? Any of them free? Can we get one of them to take a discount? Let's get a Pat Maroon type on the team. Well, you just know it. The canary in the coal mine is already uh, already assured it's going to happen with old Jim Benning saying he needs to <laughs> needs to get bigger. <laughs> How can you have Elias Pettersson on your team? Dude! And say that you those, need to get those, bigger hockey players. Those Ericsson for Lucic rumours are picking up even more steam. I read a thing today that said it's still very possible. Mate, like, it's going to happen and that's going to be the stupidest trade. If, if the Oilers pull that off, they're laughing. I can't wait. I hope it happens. I really hope it happens. Going to end up with like teams running out four third lines. <laughs> Adam Lowry, first line centre. So have you got any thoughts on this series then? Any overriding things you want to say or... Apart from you're, you know, going to laugh at me, obviously, but... but um, <laughs> it, was, it was a good enough final, but a forgettable one, ultimately, I think. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. Looking looking at it on the outside, as I try to do sometimes, even as a Bees fan, it was... It was. It was too long. I know I know why they did it, and they tried to give players enough time to recuperate in between games and things, but it just I, took I th- so fucking long. I thought the that, gaps I, were to do with the NBA final, though. Oh, maybe it was, I didn't. Do you know what? I didn't even think of that. I, didn't I thought it was because they didn't want to clash with the NBA final games, and that's why, well, maybe. They, that's why they'd moved it around, especially with the Raptors being there. Yeah, we'll, makes sense, we'll but... never know, though, will we? No, but it, it, it took ages. It took, and it just seemed to lose some of that. Like, oh my god, we've like we won. Thank God, we've got a game the day after the next. Holy shit! And then it, I don't know. Just it, it was like a film with bad pacing. I do think as well. I don't know. It sounds crazy because they won. I, I, the better team did win. It's, it's really weird to say, considering we won that first game four two, and then we we beat them seven two. No complaints about anything. They 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 were definitely definitely the better team. I, I always felt like we were just hanging on and just. It's. I know that sounds insane. We won and like we won game six five one. That sounds crazy, but I felt like when we won, it's it's they seemed to make mistakes rather than we outplayed them. And that's I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how it came across to me. But the best team won. I think it was just a series we expected. Really, very very back and forth. We're two very good teams. You know, yeah, it's true. It was just going to be a case of if the Bruins won, they would have outplayed the Blues. If the Blues won, then they would have outplayed the Bruins. As 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 very basic, and like if if someone had said that, if like Mike Milbury had said that on NBC, I'd be throwing my remote through the telly. So apologies <laughs> for that. But what happened was, Dan, the teams that won scored the most goals, and uh, the teams that didn't. Did didn't. not score enough goals. That was the problem. Yeah. If I was out there, if I was a coach. Uh, if I was, you know, Don Sweeney, if I was, um, but I was going to say Butch Cassidy, if I was Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> His nickname is Butch, so I'll give you that. And there we go. If I was Butch Cassidy, I'd be out there saying, yeehaw boys, we need to score more goals. That's my expert analysis for this series. <laughs> Can we start talking uh, about the off-season? Because that's the only reason I follow the sport at all. Yeah. I'm into off-season mode now. It's great. Just one thing quickly, but before we before we wrap up this, I talk about the uh, our, our the last the comment Blues. of the eighteen nineteen season. Yeah, the last comment is going to be. I hope you've got a nice big piece of cardboard waiting for oh, you. Fuck's sakes, that you I'm, can I'm paint something so onto. Li- so livid about this. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're aware, man versus man, 
we predicted the whole playoffs and a couple of extra bits, and the winner won respect and pride, and the loser had to go to the nearest major city and proclaim the other a hockey genius. And lo and behold, folks, I didn't have to do double duty. My Bruins did lose, but I won. Which, in some respects, is maybe better for me. Because I now get to see the humiliation of one of my friends. It's not even that. It's like you don't have to make the effort do it. for feeling yeah. this better. Right? Yeah, I don't have it's, to do it's it. It's not so much the itself. It's just yeah, you it's... can sit in your pants at home all day. So just for the scoring... I was one point up leading into this series. You nailed your prediction, which you had the Blues in seven, which got you a bonus point. That put you up by one. And then we had some game five predictions, just to try and add a few more points into it. The time of the first goal, I had 7.18. You had 1.32. It was 55 seconds into the second. That put us level. The first penalty was at oh, 5.25. Wait, so, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You're not what? giving yourself a point for predicting... It was closest wins. Closest wins. I didn't know that was the rule. I would have put Blues 30 minutes into the second period then. You can't have that, mate. You can't when I have say that. To... The goal's Wait. not even scored in the period you predicted it in. And? <laughs> what do you mean, and? So what, if, if the first goal hadn't been scored until like 45 minutes into the second OT? Then yeah. that makes any sense to you. That's... No, that's... Because... Cr- wait, 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 wait. Just to clarify, just to clarify. When I said to you... What time's the first goal going to be scored at? What did you think I meant? Oh, I don't know, but that's... That you the silence is that. deafening, folks. <laughs> the defence rests. That's, I'm just saying that is... That's that's not in the spirit of the guess. That should be a, that should be a neutral. That should be no points for anyone, because we both got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either predictor exactly correct or nothing. No, like, we, you know, a reasonable... A reasonable sort of um. Okay, so okay. It. Oh fucking hell! And you want to and you want to redo the NHL rulebook, do you? You can't even decide on reasonable times of goal differences and stuff like that. Brilliant. <laughs> so Dude, we had you like, said, we had you like, said what, to me six... last we talked about this last week or the week before, whenever it was, and you said to me, if I say this and it's closest, like do I win? And I went, yeah, it's closest. And you yeah, went, you're oh, not even you're not even <laughs> close. It's like you've. It's like you've. But I was closer than you. It's like you've. It's like you're flying to the US and you land in Iceland and you say, "Oh, I'm effectively in the US because I'm closer." I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand how when the first goal scored and you said a time, I said another time, and that was it. And how how I'm closer in time doesn't mean it's right. Is my problem is the fact that you're still what. 20 minutes away from, from it, it doesn't like matter 15 Dude, minutes away if you're playing if you're playing the price is right and the prize is a TV and you say $1 and I say $2 and it's $1000 I still win I'm the closest That's everyone, like... knows Bru- everyone knows Bruce's bonus is the best game god almighty I'm not happy about this go on carry on yes thank you time of the first penalty was 5.25 sorry sorry I said 5.25 you said six minutes. It was six twenty-seven. So that put you back up by one. A, a time reasonable sh- time frame to be uh, close twenty-seven seconds. Of course, yeah, that's a reasonable time frame. That's within your parameters. That, that's yeah, because no, it's not seventeen minutes later, Dan. It's not <laughs> a third get. of a hockey game afterwards. <laughs> I don't get how you don't get the concept of closest wins. It's I'm incredibly saying, simple. If my eight-year-old understands this concept, <laughs> yeah, I understand the idea. I'm just saying it's not particularly. Um, yeah, Answer me this, right? Really 
Answer me this, right? Answer me this. If you'd have won, are we even having this conversation right now? What if, if, what, if it had been reversed? Yeah, if I had to wear the board proclaiming you a hockey genius, are you going to say to me, now listen here, Dan, I know it's a competition and all, and you've got to go to Manchester and look like an absolute fucking geek, but you know what? Let's just call it a nice draw, shall we? No, of course you wouldn't. No, if I sent your WhatsApp message saying you won, you'd have been like, fucking lol. Unlucky, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be making the argument that it's neutral, but if you had made the argument, I'd have conceded, yeah, fair enough. I had, I was miles off anyway. And that's why you're weaker than me. Right. <laughs> time of... <laughs> Did we not just talk about the USA and Thailand? <laughs> Unlucky Thailand. I'm the USA. Eat my gold, bitch. <laughs> oh, I've changed my mind. That we re-record that take. <laughs> time of first shot. I had 28 seconds. You had 14. It was 58 seconds. I was half a minute out, which in Will's world is apparently 75 minutes. I'm not, anyway, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. That'll put us back level. Total shots. Oh, here's a. <laughs> this is insane. We have enough of a conversation. Total shots. I had 58. You had 55. It was 60. That put me up by one. And then total saves. I had 53. You had 49. It was 57, which put me up by two. So, big woolly sandwich board. I'll be uh, looking forward to your video at some it's, point. It's, it's going to be beautiful. I don't, yeah, I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe That's Saturday? Fine. Uh, I'm That's going fine. In. Yeah, going into the city on Saturday, might find some time to do it then. I'm a reasonable man, but I do expect the bet to be fulfilled. Oh, excuse me. I don't. I don't want you putting on the front. Dan Masters at Dan Straight Edge at Two Bits One Puck is a hockey genius, and on the back it says something like, "And also a massive twat." <laughs> <laughs> because if this, because I would fulfill the bet to its letter if this was the other way around. Like I've said before, I want to try and time it around. When the uh, when the vegan activists are in the middle of Norwich doing their thing, because <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a good combination. So I can stand next to some uh, some people wearing V for Vendetta masks and play videos of cows getting slaughtered. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, it'd be really good. I just had great content. I've just had an idea that I'm going to mark down for a future conversation. All right. Okay. I want to I want to <laughs> let it be known that um, this is the last bet I'll be engaging with you. I I. <laughs> Far rather like PayPal you thirty quid right now than have to bother <laughs> making a sign and standing in the middle of Norwich and saying I'm a twat, Dan's not. Do you know what? If it was a hundred quid, I wouldn't take the money. <laughs> <laughs> I really want you to do this. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, it's going to be good. Great, great publicity for the um for the show. I hope the local news picks it up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be over uh, East Anglia tonight, or whatever it's called. I'm sure they'll be all over that. <laughs> uh, it's called BBC Look East or the EDP, the Eastern Daily The EDP. Press. Jesus Christ, that sounds like something that Tommy Robinson belongs in. <laughs> the EDP. A couple of quick things: signings, all that kind of stuff. It is the off season. Brock Nelson's contract. We forgot to talk about it the other week because we got caught up in everything else. Six by what? six. What do you think? It's a bit much for Brock Nelson, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if he Brock, averages a point Nelson's every other game. Two hundred and forty-one yeah. points in four hundred and eighty games. That's criminal, mate. Let's let's be generous and call him a forty-five point player, and he's getting six yeah. million a year. How much does Nathan McKinnon get paid? About six million a year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, um, that's not a good look for old Lou. Yeah, six million for a third liner, and not a particularly impressive third liner. 
yeah, that's a that's a two thumbs down from me. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go two, but I'll go a thumb. I'll go a thumb down for sure. I'll go, I'll go a thumb up the ass for sure. <laughs> like he's <laughs> Brock Nelson is that that classic player that oh yeah he's gonna have a breakout season next year and then he just drops another forty points on you. Yeah, it's, like he could be better than he is, but at this point in his career, he's not better than he is. He is what he is, and he's not worth six million dollars a year. Yeah, that's true. And then the other one, Jeff Skinner. Formica's advantage at averaging a point a game. Out in front, Skinner scores! Oh, man! That's what he does. His 35th goal of the season. Skinner couldn't quite get a piece of it. Now it's stuck back again. It's kept in again. Came in front of the net. There it is in front again. Here's Skinner back. So Reinhardt spins it up front, Skinner! Cue the horn! 4-0 Buffalo. 8 by 9 I don't like the term, but I... It's fine. Yeah, fair enough. But at the same time, what's his, what's his career high? 63 points? 63, yeah. Which he got this year and one of the year, I think. $9 million for a 63-point player. What's Nathan McKinnon make again? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as Brock Nelson, right? <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, Brock Nelson makes 60, uh, so 60, 6 million a year, and he scores 40 points. 60 points is 9 million a year, so by the Brock Nelson contract, this is a fair, a fair contract. Yeah, that's a good point, that's a good point. Yeah, just going to 442 points in 661 games. And what, you had 41 goals this year, did you? 40, 40 goals, 23 assists. 40 yeah. on the nose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you pay a premium for goals, but but he was on. He died off though, didn't he? Because he, he was on pace for fifty something, and then he yeah. and then at the end he was on pace for twenty something. So he didn't properly... he score some like he scored a pitiful amount of goals in the last twenty games and something, didn't he? Yeah, Jack Eichel was going to be great for years to come, but you've got nineteen million in two players there, and one of them scored sixty points. That is true, I but mean, I don't, I don't love it. Goals, goals are a premium. Goals are a premium, aren't they? And you're thinking, well, he's already scored 40 goals. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that he's done it once. He can do it again. If the goals are a premium, This is a Dan, tricky one. How much does Brandon Peary get paid? Oh, God, I don't know. I'm guessing probably, not much. Probably under a million. And yet he bangs yeah. in goals left, right, centre. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just... I'd, he's a good player. Nine is... If, he, if it was eight by seven... Yeah, you're laughing. Seven million dollars yeah. for Jeff Skinner, that's perfect. Yeah. Nine is just a bit much. Would you let him walk then? Considering the chemistry he had with Eichel. That's considering the start don't forget, like this Sabres team was fucking red hot at the start of the season. Red hot. And I understand the start of the season is the start of the season. It doesn't usually pan out the way you think it's gonna go. But if you're the GM you're thinking there's something there. There is something. Like, I, do you I risk think... letting that go? Jason Botcher was on his last legs anyway. Fair he, point. He, he's not going to see... If, if things go badly, he's not going to see year two of that deal, let alone year four, year five. Yeah, I understand why it was signed. And you probably have to pay a bit extra to keep him in Buffalo sort of thing. Like, I, I do get it. Yeah, that's true. But then that's a, that's a different question to just analysing the deal for, for dollars sort of thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, I understand point. why it was signed... But I don't necessarily think it's a good value contract. I can see why. Yeah, I can see why both did it. 
but if both had walked away, I could have seen why both would have walked away as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very weird. I, I, have, I have already started. I've already started banging this drum a few weeks ago that Atlantic Division next year is going to be a motherfucker, an absolute motherfucker to get out of. It's, it's going to be incredibly dangerous, incredibly dangerous getting out of that division. I think Detroit and Ottawa are still going to be bottom feeders. Yeah, the rest of them are going to be in a in a bit of a dogfight. Yeah, a bit of a tussle for sure. I'm going to enjoy, if any, effect this contract has on the likes of Marner and Panarin and Rantanen and everyone else who's due to get paid. I just don't know because like Skinner was going to be UFA, so it's really fairer to compare him to like Matthews and Nylander and, and players of that ilk. True, but... Because they're, cause they're still it's, team It's a controlled. new world. Like, oh, I know. I, I get it. I get it. But it's it's a new world, isn't it? It's a new world. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't say if I was Mika Rantan and, and I wake up and I see of oh, Jeff Skinner's getting paid nine million a year, oh, that'd be fifty five million dollars a year for me, please. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put on Twitter today something like, Well, I guess if Jeff Skinner's getting nine, I guess Marner and Panarin are gonna get sixteen or something. <laughs> like <laughs> Mate, I I don't know what Panarin's gonna get paid on the open market. Thirteen? <laughs> I would not be surprised if Artemi Panarin becomes the highest paid player in the league. I wouldn't be surprised. Fucking hell, dude! You're all firing outtakes today. Holy shit! Really? Well, what? Connor's Connor's twelve five. What? Tavares got eleven. Yeah. Who's a better player, John Tavares or Artemi Panarin? Uh, you know I'm a huge Panarin stan. I, I take Panarin all day. I fucking love yeah. that guy. Exactly. Thirteen mil for Panarin. I can definitely see. Him, I can definitely see him making eleven and a half, twelve. Can I see him making 13? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I can see it. It's... Yes, yes, yes. It's a good point. Yeah, actually, I can see it. Yeah, good point. Close my eyes. I can see whatever I want. It's the UFA market. I don't, I don't think he will. He'll probably end up with like 10 by 7 or something like that. But still, I could kind of see it. Especially if he ends up going to Florida. Because like Florida aren't a sure thing. I know. They were they were like red hot favourites for ages, weren't they? And it's... It's, it's not like... No, I mean like... Sure thing as a team. Sort oh, of thing. I see what you mean. They've yeah, they've, got, they got, they've got they've got incredible players. Now. They've got great yeah. players and now a unbelievable coach, and that will make a difference to some players. It, it will. It, it definitely will. It definitely will. But at the same time, you've still got very much the same squad as you had last year, and that squad didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, but they weren't being coached by Quenville, were they? I'm just saying, if you've got to pay Jeff Skinner to nine mil to keep him around in Buffalo. How much have you got to pay Artemi Panarin to make him come to Florida? I don't think that's part of the equation. You can sell, you can just sell Florida on fucking the sun and beaches. You're not sat in a... It's Buffalo, dude. It's God, the weather up there is insane. Yeah, a good point. It's just <laughs> chaos, isn't it? Just grim. You're like, I'm going, out to get some, I'm going out to get some milk. I'll see you on Tuesday, kind of thing. Like... <laughs> I've got to get some Sherpas and a fucking and a wolf to guide me to go to the shops in Buffalo at some point. Whereas in Florida, sun, like sunrise yeah, is much gonna... more. Yeah, come and do fat lines of coke on your balcony by the beach. <laughs> yeah, just gonna skate down to the shops, huh? I'll see you in a bit. Okay, babe, love you. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go to the beach. Okay, <laughs> you don't need to get sold on that, do you? What do you mean, go to the beach? We are the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So we're in agreement. Fifteen million for Panarin, yeah. Yeah, about that. And like I said, I we said a few we said a few weeks ago, didn't we? That this off season is going to be a lot of fun. It's I, I feel like there's a lot more players this year that have got cases to make a ton of money. 
and there seems to be a lot of teams who can't fit in a ton of money. I, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I feel like we've completely lost sight of how good this UFA class is. It's insane. <laughs> like, it's insane. Eric Carlson is on pace to be an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> defenseman of the lockout era is on pace to become to become an unrestricted free agent. Like, yeah, I get he's been injured and stuff, but that's still a big thing. And then you've got like Artemi Panarin. You've um, oh, wish I was a bit more prepared. There are plenty of other players that are really good, <laughs> like Matt Duchesne, maybe Matt Zuccarello, Sergei Bobrovsky, etc., etc., etc. Like, there are loads but of really like you said, good it's players. not only that though. It's, uh, to me, it's not only that. It's the, the RFA clock, the RFAs as well. Mm. It's it's a new world. These RFAs are not just going to sit around. I, I don't know if any of them are going to do a Nylander, but that thought now has to be in the back of a GM's mind. Just even one percent, like fuck. What if they do a Nylander and sit out? What what the fuck? Like I don't really want to risk. I can't be asked with that. I'd rather just get him signed. <laughs> oh, I can't be asked with that. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, don't you? Suddenly these RFAs are thinking. Hang on a minute. Oh, if you can fucking you can you're going to bridge me, are you? You can fuck off. I'm not taking a bridge. Or if you're going to if you are going to give me short term, <laughs> then fucking hell. I'm just going to do my best to hold that as long as I can to get as much as I want. You think you're going to bridge world, me, bruv? You can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Marner, Aho, Rantanen, like you said, Panarin, Carlson. Braden Point. Yeah, Braden Point. Oh, God, the whole thing in Tampa. Jesus. Buzzing. Gonna be a great year. Can't wait. I can't wait. I'm already into happy off season mode. There you go. It lasted a day. I was only miserable for a day and it's gone. <laughs> Yay. All right. Speaking of being miserable, just quickly, and I'll put spoiler tags in for the times on this. Have you Ooh. finished watching Chern- Chernobyl yet? No, no, we're three episodes in. So we, we're, <sighs> we're going to finish the last two oh. at the weekend. God. <laughs> All right, mate. Episode four is unbelievably sad. It's so <sighs> sad and miserable. Have you seen so, the, young, the young army boys go out into the town yet? No, no, we haven't. Right. So episode That's three episode was four, with, uh, with the miners. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to shout too much because my my uh, my in laws have started it tonight. So, yeah, where they've um, got to dig by hand with tools and not machinery, <laughs> and they're all walking around with their todgers out because it's too hot. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I found episode three really kind of weird because like the first two episodes are mad intense, mad intense. Like obviously the first episode with the actual explosion and like geezer picking up that bit of graphite. Then the second episode with the ending of that with all the people underground and the Geiger counters going mental. The third episode... Oh, yeah, like, the people had to go back in and turn off those valves or turn oh them on, whichever one it was. Christ. Yeah, they had to release the pressure to those um, underwater To the sluices. Counters. Yeah. Like, that, the end to that episode was intense. So good. I know. Fucking like, hell. The, the third episode was almost a bit of a lull. It was still a really good episode, but, like... Intensity-wise, like hell, there was comic relief in there with the bloody miners patting that minister on his jacket and stuff. Well, it's it just a bit <laughs> odd. <laughs> if you're intense, wait till episode four. Wait yeah. till episode four. I say, I say, I say, it was less intense when we watch a man melted in front of our eyes. Yeah, um, that's true. Oh, oh mate, hell. that bloody the firefighter. Oh. That image is going to be burned to the back of my eyelids till the day I die. That is just horrendous. I have a uh, a wide circle of friends, humble brag, and one of my friends is a 
first, what do you call it? He, he had a first degree in nuclear physics and he is a nuclear physicist. Oh, no way. So I said to him, I said, how realistic is this? He said, it's pretty fucking on the nose, actually. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I was hoping you were going to say it was all made Ugh. up. It's like pretty much that's it. Like that's how it all happened. Like fucking did, hell. Did you know much about the disaster before you watched it? Yeah, I've, I've, this is, I'm such a morbid, I'm such a morbid fuck. There's a TV show called Seconds from Disaster where they talk about everything from like plane crashes to hurricanes to any kind of disaster you can imagine, trains crashes, all kinds of stuff. Then they did one on Chernobyl and it shows, they use computer graphics to show you what happened exactly so that they can say, like to like, they can go deep into an area that a human wouldn't go. So they go into the core of Chernobyl using computer graphics and say, this is why this happened. So I kind of knew a lot about it anyway. I knew bits well, and bobs about it, but say, take that second episode where they're talking about those underwater sluices and yeah. how they could explode. And we're talking about like multiple countries in Central Europe being uninhabitable for a hundred years. I didn't yeah. know those were the sort of stakes that at stake. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's mad to think about. Absolutely insane. Like half of Central Europe could have been uninhabitable if people hadn't done something. Like that's fucking crazy. And it this is. all happened thirty years ago. I know. Thirty years I know. ago. I partly remember. I partly remember it because I remember my parents discussing it. It was oh, on the news course. all the time. Yeah, I was five, and it's twenty. You know, like some things. That, some things just like jog your memory. Uh, what'd you say then? I said twenty five. Oh yeah, I was five when it happened, and I vaguely remember it being on the news all day, and my parents talking about it, about what you know should we tape up the windows, all this kind of shit, because they were like, well, if this, you know, if and this is another explosion, I mean, yeah, we're already picking up bits of radiation in Germany and stuff, so there's a chance it might come over here. But I, I, I didn't realise they um they stopped like the sale of milk in Wales and stuff. Welsh cows yeah, went yeah. there, and the, yeah, the there were cows that... all over Europe that were slaughtered and all kind, you know, all kinds of things because like, they just I'm, couldn't use them. I'm really intrigued as to like because it's a really good window into like the Soviet Union and stuff. Yeah, like how much I, I was asking like my my in laws and stuff like how much did they actually know about it because they'd have been sort of twenty odd at the time given that it happened in the Soviet Union in the, not the height of the Soviets, but you know, still in the midst of the of the USSR and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, I can almost imagine it not getting out as much because they were so secretive. Well, yeah, that was the plan, wasn't it? Was that they weren't going to, they were going to try and keep it as low-key as possible. They weren't going to say anything. But then when Sweden starts picking up fucking nuclear radiation on some of their buildings and they're like, the fucking hell's going on? Where's this from? And then the US obviously have satellites that are picking up giant red heat maps in Chernobyl. They're like, well, clearly it's exploded then. Something's gone very, very wrong. In, there, in the words of my, uh, my dear daughter, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, the, one of the most majorist hang on a minute. But if you get a chance, folks, catch it. It's, it's a phenomenal TV show. It's, Absolutely it's phenomenal. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Not for the faint of heart either. No, not at all. Not at all. Mate, the, the bit when, when uh, oh, I don't know what her name is, Vasily's wife, the firefighter's wife. Oh, yeah. Where she goes behind the bloody, like, that nurse is like, oh, you shouldn't be here. All right, you can stick around, but don't go behind the plastic. 
10 minutes later, she's like, oh, let me just squeeze behind this old plastic barrier there. Let him rub <laughs> up my hand. unborn baby with his, with his gross, like, radiated hand. I know. It's like, what are you doing? Come on. That's the thing as well, is that it's like when you watch a show with zombies in. In our heads, we're like, just shoot him in the head. You have to put yourself in the position of people who don't know what's going on. Mm. The people in the zombie show don't know what zombies are because they're not watching zombie shows on TV. They're just living a life. And the same with Chernobyl. The people in and around all that area, they had no idea. They didn't know what yeah. radi- how bad radiation was or what it did to people. They didn't know that if I've got radiation poisoning and I touch you, you now have radiation poisoning. They, they don't know that because it's all like kept secret. You know, and they're, and they're being fed bullshit from the government that it's not a big thing or, you know, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. It's not until people start actually dying from it and getting cancer and all that kind of stuff that they're, oh, actually, yeah, this is really fucking horrific what's happening. There, there were some really hard things with where this was is a historical drama for a lot of things. Because so, I'm a big sop now that I've got a baby. Um, oh, yeah, it's the worst. There's there's that little baby that the city's neighbours are holding and stuff. And normally... Yeah. If I'm just watching a thing and I know there's a baby that's going to die, that's only telly, that's fine. But then it gets your brain thinking, like, that's not just a baby. That's not just telly. There were thousands upon thousands of children who died because of this, and that is the yeah. most horrendous, heart-wrenching thing that that comes out of it. I can watch a thousand firefighters melt into mush. But, um, yeah, don't give me the inkling that some cute little chubby two-year-old's going to get radiation poisoning. That's horrendous. You know that bridge that they all stand on and watch the explosion? Yeah, yeah, and it starts, like, the ash starts coming down and stuff. Yeah, they all, everyone on that bridge died prematurely. Yeah, no surprise. Fucking horrific. It's horrific. I, I remember thinking, because, you know, one, one last little thing, so we don't end up with an extra 45 minutes on Chernobyl. Um, <laughs> it's so good. When, oh, incredible. When, um, when Boris is talking to the... Um, to the divers, like guys who are going to go underneath the reactor and, and release the... Um, oh, yeah, the valves. Yeah, the sluices, the valves. I was just thinking, if I was going to sign up for that, the only promise I'd want afterwards is that you'd shoot me in the fucking head when, I, when I'm when i ready for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because oh, don't, don't let me suffer that slow, drawn-out death. Like, I, you know, not that I'd... Ne- if I was signing up to die, I don't want it to be a horrible death sort of thing. Yeah, it's, actually, it's really good because at, at, after episode five, you know, sometimes they'll have like a couple of lines of text that just say, "After this show is finished, blah 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 blah," kind of thing. Mm. They have a lot of it. There's, it's probably a good two or three minutes telling you about every single person in the show. If you no didn't way. see a resolution to their story, they tell you on screen at the end, and it's some of them are really interesting, really interesting. Well, there was. Have you have you read about the um the girl who was born in the exclusion zone? In 1999. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely mad, like, growing up on bloody Chernobyl cow's milk. <laughs> and she's just I like, know. yeah, just going to uni in Kiev, you know, just just, just about, really. <laughs> Nothing wrong with her whatsoever. So many crazy stories out of that place. Last thing as well, there is a there is a very good podcast that accompanies the show. So oh, if you want to listen yeah, to... Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's done by the... I think the writer and the producer sat down and had a chat about the show. So there's five episodes... And each episode of the podcast relates to the episode of the TV show. So you don't get spoiled or anything. Check that out as well, because that was also really interesting. Just talk about how they made the show and how they sort of tried to represent everybody who was important at the time. Very good. Let's get out of here, shall we? Yeah, that's a good idea. Nice long one. To, uh, probably the last long one for the uh, for the summer, eh? 
I was going to say we should do a show next week as like a little sort of end of season recap, just to yeah. kind of you know we'll have a couple of little silly, not silly awards, but you know a couple like team of the year or who do you think was the most you know sort of underappreciated over you know that kind of shit that always ends up at the end of the season, and I think after that we'll go to a, we'll go to a two week a two week schedule if that's all right. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Good stuff. Okie dokie. Thanks for folks. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at W E V E V R E T T. At two bits one puck, number two, number one. If you have listened to us this year, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Will, any last words? The second time this year, which I probably should have done every week. If you have listened to us, again, thank you very much. We genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. It's nice to know that anyone out there is appreciating what we're doing and, and makes it all worthwhile and all that. That's soppy nonsense. If you are listening, please, for the love of God, get on iTunes. Give us a cheeky oh, yeah. little rating. Give us a review if you can. Just because it gets us out there and it gives us... Who knows? Maybe one day we can actually get paid to do this and we can have 55 shows a week and we can have an argument about Leon Dreisaitl and Mitch Marner every week and it'd just be beautiful and it'd be good for everyone. I'd, I will make an unfounded promise that if we get paid for this, I will give all my money to you, dear listener. And um, it'll all be worth it for everyone. <laughs> Fair enough. Cheers, folks. Take care. We'll see you later. Peace.